0: Hello, I'm Andrew Suskind, and I'm a psychotherapist and author based in West Los Angeles since 1992 specializing in trauma and addictions. Welcome to our podcast, which I call It's Not About the Sex, also the title of my recent book. Here we focus on all topics related to compulsive sexual behavior, often referred to as sex addiction. In particular, we explore ways to build long-term sustainable recovery while establishing more meaningful connection and greater intimacy. Our intention is to offer fresh viewpoints, brand new perspectives, and practical user-friendly tools toward living a more deeply connected life. Let's get started. Hey, Sue, how are you doing today?
1: Hey, Andrew, I'm doing great. How are you doing?
0: I'm doing okay. You know, this is such an unusual time we're in. We're, We're taping this during the pandemic and we're taping this during a time of stay at home orders from our governor. And I, I really found this whole experience as a time of ups and downs, but, but also of soul searching. I don't know about you. I mean, have you had that experience at all? i with the slowing down and the experience of, of, being contained in one place a little bit more than usual.
1: Yeah. Well, I mean, I work mostly from home anyway, but as you know, but I do, um, I did hit a point where I felt, I don't know if claustrophobic is the right word, but just trapped almost. And like, I didn't have the freedom to be able to just go where I wanted to go. And even though I didn't really need to or want to, but it was just that sense of I couldn't, you know, and, right. and that was a lot. And then I just really learned how to kind of schedule out my day and make it more of a routine and, and get right. up and move around and kind of do some laps around my house and just just force myself to be okay in, in the moment and, and not I did feel waves of panic at some times and, and at some mm-hmm. points just kind of sneaking up on me and um just learning how to deal with it. So yeah, I did have a little bit of a an awakening i guess to to dealing with this overall quarantine that we're in
0: right i mean if, if anything it feels to me like a time to really get to know ourselves in a in a different way than we've ever had to really yeah. and there's so much uncertainty and so much unpredictability and you know so much um so many questions right there's way more questions than there are answers at this point and i think that's the segue to our topic today because we're going to be talking about chapter 11 from my book and and the the chapter's title is meaning purpose and legacy and within meaning purpose and legacy we're going to be talking about spirituality and i don't know about you but one of the things that I've grown to believe is that spirituality is way more about questions than it is answers. Mm. W- would you agree with that?
1: Yeah, I definitely agree with that. And, yeah. And not and being okay with not necessarily getting the answer, you know, that's right. Yeah.
0: I mean, it's, it's a little cliche, but, but when we talk about life as a journey rather than the destination, I think it carries a lot of weight because right now we're, we're in this journey that has absolutely no specific destination, but within the journey, hopefully we're able to get to know ourselves and pay attention to what's going on inside of us in a way that, that might reveal something about our resilience or about what really counts in our life. I mean, for instance, I, I've, I've actually been connecting with a lot of people in my life who I don't always connect with. Like I, you know, I'm so glad that I'm on the phone with you because I, as you know, I <clears throat> I adore our connection. Um, but part of spirituality for me is really about connection. So I, I really want to just start off with that because we've talked about uh, the idea of connection as something that we're biologically wired for. And to me, that's really what in a deeper recovery and deeper meaning um, are, are all about. So, yeah. um, so I'm wondering if we can kind of shift into some of our discussion around uh, what spirituality really is all about. Cause I think there's so many different ways of looking at this topic. Yeah,
1: that's for sure. Well, you do mention in your book, um, as you said, in your chapter, I think chapter 11, um, where you talk about spirituality. Mm-hmm. So What really is the difference, do you think, between spirituality and religion?
0: Well, first of all, I think most people confuse the two, right? They Mm -hmm. think that they're kind of the same thing or they totally overlap. And um, just to illustrate using my own background, and and then I'd like to hear from you about this. You know, I grew up in a, a fairly traditional liberal jewish background and when i grew up i went to hebrew school i had a bar mitzvah i had um, a lot of exposure to the rituals and traditions of growing up jewish and what i always say is religiously I kind of got some of the concepts, but but it was more like I I really consider myself to be a cultural Jew. You know, I love lox, you know, I love bagels. I love (laughs) Jewish food. It's like comfort food for me. But in terms of organized religion, you know, I I did go to a synagogue and and sometimes I heard some really cool things from a rabbi. I thought he was very bright, but I didn't always understand some of the concepts. They are a little bit over my head at the time. But I think for me, religion was which was more about a community of people that got together to learn about values and, and beliefs. And in the Jewish background, what I really enjoy about Judaism is it's it is way more about the questions rather than the answers. You know, there's a lot of grappling with spiritual existential questions like, you know, what matters to you the most or what is it that really count uh, in terms of your uh, existence here uh, in the world? How do you want to contribute to the world? Things like that. And and so organized religion, as I look at it, and this is oversimplified, it, is about a place to worship, usually, right? Whether it's Catholic, Christian, Jewish, uh, Muslim, um, Islam, it, usually there's a place to worship. And usually it's about community and having a, a large group of people oftentimes worldwide that have similar beliefs or at least have ideas that seem to be given to them through a particular uh, written um, construct like the bible or the torah or the quran any of those things so that that's where i see formal religion i mean what, what was your background sue what was your Experience with uh, organized relig- religion as a kid.
1: So, so I was raised in a Roman Catholic background, um, but my parents weren't really religious. It wasn't like every Sunday we got up, got dressed, and went to church, as a lot of my friends and neighbors were doing. Um, my mom would read quotes from the Bible, and we would try to figure out the history of it. She was more of a from a, came from a historic point of view, and was really open to talking about the Jewish traditions. And, you know, so we, my mom really took the lead in kind of exposing us to other traditions that other people may not have known about. Um, mm. So, but I did like first communion and confession and, you know, all the different sacraments that you do as a, as grown up mm. Catholic. And of course we had traditions around that too, just like Easter, Easter, and Christmas, and you know the big high holidays that you know the Jewish also celebrate with food and different stories and traditions um mm-hmm. but we didn't ask really like I don't remember those questions being asked, and I know just celebrating Passover with friends that yeah there's a mm-hmm. lot of questions i mean that's that's pretty much the whole part of of that is asking the mm-hmm. questions. I think the questions I was more interested in finding out like what were other people. Practicing, like, what, why is there only like certain people that practice Catholicism and what is Christianity and and things like that? It was kind of an outward question, not inward. So it's interesting that I had that take on it. And it wasn't until I went to college and beyond where I took a comparative religion class and really Mm -hmm. got to the meat of it and understood how, yeah community is really big in, in religion and people are following a creed or the dogma or whatever you want to call it, but it is a commonality and and I I didn't have that. And I really envied the people who went to temple or, or went to different places to practice religion because I didn't have that. And I remember my friends at the Unitarian Church, they were always going on trips and I was really envious of other people's religions. Um, mm-hmm. as far as having that community. And I, I really felt like I didn't have that ever. So mm-hmm. um, when I started studying different religions and realized they all pretty much came down to the same basics. And that really was finding peace within yourself and finding that mm-hmm. love and being kind and sharing that. So I found peace and happiness and in, in seeing the similarities in all the religions because they really are very, very, very similar but the mm-hmm. traditions around it are different. So that was the part that was interesting to me.
0: Huh. So actually, as a child, you were exposed to the idea that religion in general had some some similarities throughout the world, that whether it be peace or love or kindness, that there was a message that was universal, actually, from in most organized religion. Right yeah so so what's interesting about that, though, is that many of us as adults,, um, I believe, question our backgrounds as kids, right? Mm-hmm. that That as a child, we're given something by our churches or synagogues or mosques or whatever it might be, uh, given guidance, given ideas. And then as adults, there's a time of, of huh, what, what really fits for me and, and what do I do with this information and, and how do I really digest it in a way that I can apply it in, in a useful way? And um, many years ago, Sue, I went to a talk given by a chaplain at UCLA and the name of the talk was Addictions and Spirituality. And I thought, okay, this is going to be an interesting topic. This is a chaplain who works with the ill in the hospital at UCLA. He works with terminally ill. He works with families who have lost loved ones. And he works with folks who are in addiction recovery. And I'll never forget what he said about spirituality, because this is something I've adopted through the years. What he said was that spirituality Is whatever gives your life meaning I'll say that again whatever gives your life meaning and so what what struck me about that and what felt so powerful is he basically was saying it's up to you right it's not an organized religion it's not an entity that, that that dictates anything it's really in your heart of hearts whatever gives your life meaning and it's not the easiest question to answer, right? I mean, it's, it's a big question. Like what, what gives your life meaning? And if I were to throw that back at you for a quick second, Sue, (laughs) what, what without overthinking it, what, what's the first thing that comes to mind? What, what gives your life meaning?
1: Uh, And it's going to sound like I thought about it, but it really is the core piece that you feel. And when you can peel away all the layers that are on top and Mm -hmm. you get to the core Just I don't know if you ever had that experience where you go to the ocean and it really humbles you. But if you just close your eyes or maybe a really good yoga class or some place where you feel that inner core peace and it's almost like a silence and it's just a, Mm. oh, my gosh, I'm here. I'm at this Mm -hmm. like place of peace. That's to me Mm -hmm. what what feels the best like spirituality to me.
0: What's so interesting about you talking about the ocean is that you and I have been to the ocean together. We've been to the beach several times and we've been with your kids, without your kids, um, you know, with various configurations of people. (laughs) And I I just kind of had this, this hit in my heart, like, yeah, when I feel so peaceful and so quiet inside that I can really listen deeply to to whatever that is. And the word that always comes to me, and I'm going to talk about this a little bit later, and I've already mentioned it, is connection. Connection to a deeper part of me, connection to something beyond me, and we can talk about what that means, and, and connection to loved ones, right? And people that that I, I, I rely on and, and who uh, rely on me. So the word connection you know, just is is kind of flowing through our discussion mm-hmm. today. And I think there's a reason for that because personally, that that is what gives my life meaning. Absolutely. And I think in a 12-step tradition, you know, 12-step programs by nature are spiritual programs. And as spiritual programs, they're really intended for for folks in recovery to, of course, work the steps. But part of the steps is, is creating a connection to a power greater than oneself, right?
1: So important.
0: And yep. and and again, I, I, I'm really asking on a personal basis too if, if you can uh, share about this. When you think about a power greater than yourself or or a universal energy or a universal power, what what comes to mind for you personally?
1: Personally it's it's really just an energy and it is a network and um, it is connections that I just kind of envision this blanket of energy that surrounds all of us, and mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. it does. You know, sometimes there are disconnects, and I feel like that higher energy, so to speak, is uh, uh-huh. is is just it's a blanket that goes around all of us as entities mm-hmm. and that's humans and plants and I feel like we're all connected by all mm-hmm. of it and you know during this time right now like we mentioned earlier that I feel like the earth was disconnected and we we really mm-hmm. weren't we really mm-hmm. weren't feeding off each other or in ways mm-hmm. that were healthy and this is really helping us kind of pull that net a little tighter so wow. I really I really kind of if I picture it, it's just kind of like a global internet kind of, but more of a, a biorhythm-type, synapse-type feeling, I guess, is how to explain.
0: Yeah. And under the circumstances, because we're having this conversation in the midst of the coronavirus, um, not to sound too grand, but the planet is is really a spiritual entity right whether we talk it's alive right and whether we talk about nature or pets or um or or the vibration that the earth uh creates you know that we're actually moving Mm -hmm. all the time um that somehow in this moment the planet is getting a little reprieve
1: right absolutely and
0: there's something very spiritual about that as awful as as all of the um, illnesses and death are, and I'm not trying to make light of any of that, but there's something about the reset Mm -hmm. um, of, of all of this of nature, et cetera. And, and there's something about, huh? So through all of this, what, what, what gives our life meaning and, and what is this power greater than ourselves? You know, In in program, in 12-step, they talk a lot about a higher power. And for a while, when I first started in 12-step many years ago, I used to use the term higher power. And then one day, and I think it was because of my therapist, I actually re-adopted the word God. I I didn't really feel comfortable with the word God for a long time, even though I was raised with um, Adonai, which is in Hebrew, the word for God. Um, but today I have actually reclaimed it more as, as mine. And and what God means to me is, is really everything we're talking about today, connection, nature, pets, loved ones, uh, vibration, a connection to something larger than myself. And there's something really humbling about that, but there's also something really, um, kind of recharging about that. I like to hear that.
1: That's interesting to me that you were able to do that because I still haven't been able to do that. But as I'm hearing you say that, I understand it because everybody has a different vision of God and it's okay.
0: Right, right. And I'm glad you clarified that for me because everybody does have a different vision, right? There's not a one size fits all when it comes to exploring what a power greater than oneself is. I just know that in recovery, I can't fully depend on myself unless I have reliable folks around me, whether it be my sponsor, my therapist, my husband, my my colleagues, my friends like you. Um, it's those people around me that help me. Uh, feel more able to live the kind of life that I want to live and and one of those things is a connection to something beyond me and I just wanted to read something uh, briefly that one of my interviewees said about a higher power Um, what what he said this is uh, Seth which is not his real name but Seth said I've developed a concept of a higher power that really works in my recovery today but I still have resistance to reaching out to it I don't tap into it as often as I feel I could or maybe even should and the reason why I wanted to share that is not only is that so honest but, but a lot of us grapple with what, what does it mean to lean into the possibility of having a spiritual entity that, that can be of support and i've kind of concretized it like i said i really look at the the people in my life as my spiritual beings like i'm I'm so fortunate that i have loved ones around me that are seekers are conscious are are are, um you know are, are really asking big questions but also believe in me and are interested in in helping me look at those questions as well. Mm-hmm. And that's, I think, what Seth represents, is that sometimes it's just a, a, a tension between wanting to reach out and have something larger than oneself and then the idea of being um, a little bit um, insular and not, not knowing how to do that. Does yeah. that make sense, Sue?
1: No, it does make sense. And, and I love hearing that, that kind of other people going through the same things, you know, and and regardless of if you're going through 12 steps or not, there are a lot of questions. Um, But who do you fall back on? And that's what's really important, like you said, about the connectivity and having, as you mentioned, friends um, to support you, but also that sense of not necessarily an entity, but what did you call it? A special, a, a greater power, I guess. Like, yeah, yeah, or a higher, a higher power, Higher sure. power or spiritual guidance. Um, That's however, right. However, but yeah. So I really like that. And um, I kind of feel like it's not a constant. It's it's a up and down. And the, yeah. it's because it's a question. And, and there aren't really answers until you look deep inside yourself to find those answers. And it's okay that they change, you know. And I think that you got to find what's most comfortable for you, but allow that to happen.
0: Exactly. Yeah.
1: yeah, that's nice.
0: So yeah, another form. I just wanted to share another form of spirituality that that one of my people that I interviewed shared. Um, I had asked her about what gives her recovery spirituality today, and Susan said helping others. Because of my own background, I'm especially qualified to educate people about porn and about prostitution. I find meaning by supporting people as they work the steps. I feel like that's my higher purpose. I came into recovery and got free. And now I help others get free. Wow. Pretty I, cool, huh? Yeah.
1: That's amazing to, f- to feel that when you give. I mean, I understand that because whenever you volunteer or you feel like you're I guess even doing this like there's some wisdom that we learned or you know questions that we're still asking but in in questioning something I think gets other people to question it and and there's a Mm -hmm. lot of really helpful energy in there that's that's a resource for all of us to use
0: absolutely I I feel really blessed in my life because I've had a few terrific mentors professionally, mm-hmm. and I've had some terrific sponsors along the way. And part of what Susan mentioned is that she's able to give back what she was given. Mm-hmm. And I can't think of a more poignant way to describe purpose, right? Because purpose, it doesn't have to be something that is, of any great magnitude right it doesn't have to be like have to touch thousands and thousands of people it's really in her case in my case it's touching one person at a time and having that open channel of of giving and, and receiving and um and i think that that again this idea of meaning this idea of purpose is is really about you know how do you show up for your life day in and and day out like like walking around the neighborhood right now with a mask on is is and walking the dog is is kind of unusual but sometimes i'll just wave to somebody i don't know who they are but i'll just wave and say hello because i want to bring positive energy to Mm -hmm. what's a very heavy energy um, that we're going through right now so that's just a, a just a little sliver of an example
1: yeah. I found myself connecting with people throughout my mask yesterday, actually, and, and mm. spoke to someone I pass all the time. And, and I asked him how he was doing and he's, he from across the street. We were yelling across the street and he replied that he thought he was doing okay. So just, mm. I was just letting someone know you care, you know?
0: That's right. That's right. Exactly.
1: And, um, and the, the word purpose, you know, that comes up a lot. And, and I like how you simplified it and it doesn't have to be this huge saving, you know, Mother Teresa, uh, it it can just be a one person, you know, and, and that's important. And that person might take that and you planted a seed maybe, you know, and they'll help somebody and kind of pay mm-hmm. it forward type thing. So I like that. Mm-hmm. So in chapter 11, you also talk about the idea of legacy. And one of the Uh big questions you ask your interviewees is, how would you like to be remembered?
0: Yeah. You know, the reason I, I ask this question in the book is because it was something that was asked of me years ago when I was working with a coach for the first time. And coaching is often about developing a vision and creating purpose and meaning and action steps and accountability, et cetera. Um, but one of the biggest questions and, and coaching in its in its kind of purest sense, I think coaching is is a very spiritual process. And and one of the questions that was given to me, and it was actually a homework assignment, was how would you like to be remembered, right? If if you were to put the hands of time forward and and you were at your memorial for instance what would you like people to say how would you like people to memorialize you and obviously it's a it's a very um, kind of bittersweet exercise but um, one of the things that I I wanted to share with all of you today is something that Alex uh, said in, in his answer Alex in my book said I want to be remembered as someone kind and gentle and someone who didn't take himself too seriously I want to say that I was someone who lived in my heart and not in my head now keep in mind that this is someone who's been in 12-step recovery for, for several years and and what he's whittled it down to 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 this answer, you know, he's kind of distilled this idea down to. I, I want people to remember that I'm kind and gentle, and that I don't take myself too seriously. That that I lived from my heart and not from my head. And I thought that was a beautiful way of of putting it because he comes from a background of living in his head, being very intellectual. Mm and so he one of his trajectories in recovery was how can he come from a heart space more times than not and and he felt very distracted for a long time with with his compulsive uh tendencies and and again he he just wanted to be more in the here and now and 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 he wanted to connect with people in a way that the kind and gentle part of him would be seen and that he would be remembered for. And I, I thought that was such a beautiful way of, mm. of putting it, yeah. you know.
1: It's nice. I mean, I'm going to have to think about yeah. that and how I would answer it. Definitely is a homework assignment. But but I think putting out there like, like he did, um the actual things he was probably working on, you know, or spending time mm-hmm. to... To accomplish and it's always good to put those things down and and have a goal I would say because it, it is a it is a job this life it's not easy and
0: yeah, that's right to
1: have to work at different things I mean it makes it interesting but if you're conscious of the things that you want people to remember you by that's going to put you on the right track to get there
0: yeah I mean I've had about 20 years to work on this question. So yes. I, I've been mulling it over for a while. But what I sh- share towards the end of the chapter is that as I ask myself this question, it, it feels too big for words. Mm. you know. But I hope that my legacy is similar to my mission statement. And I'm not going to go into that right now. But <laughs> But there's a slight difference. This is what I came up with. My calling, I believe, that my calling has been to help others be their best selves and experience love and deeper connections. But to put it another way, I believe my legacy is to give back what I've been given. Much love has been freely shared with me. So how would I like to be remembered as a human who tried? isn't that what we're all here for we're, we're, we're do every single day and I believe this about you and too. and I believe this in general I believe that we, we're doing our very best yeah and and I try to have that kind of self compassion and I try and understand that this is a very imperfect experience that we're having I think was it sting that talked about what what was yeah I'm mm. gonna mess up this okay. um, but but basically that we're we're um, have it, we're spiritual beings having a sp- spiritual experience. No, that's not it. But it's something like that. You know what I'm talking about? Yeah, yeah, living, yeah. In a, living in a material world. is, And that's not the Madonna version. Right. It? It's the Sting right. version. I think it was the police. But anyway, you should know that, Sue.
1: I you should know, know that.
0: I <laughs> know. I can't come up with the lyrics as we're speaking. <laughs> but something about how we're walking around the earth. We are spiritual beings, right? And and we're we're really trying our very best to have an experience of something that, that's meaningful, something that has purpose. And and I do believe we're doing our, our very best day in and day out.
1: Well, that's all we can do. Um and I try to actually take that we're doing our best and, and transfer it onto Other people who I'm not judging but that I see doing things and wonder if they are doing their best and if they're, I kind of give them the benefit of the doubt at saying that they are doing the best that they know in that moment because I kind of think that's what we do is in that moment do the best we can. And it, mm-hmm. yeah, and it just kind of doesn't take people off the hook per se because it, right. it, there's a lot of factors and you know, ignorance mm-hmm. and different things that play into mm-hmm. it. But yeah, but it, it has helped me a lot going through um, life experiences and understanding people a little better. Um, and it all comes down to in the moment, and we should focus on that and being really open to understanding the consciousness of, of ourselves and where we are in every moment. And if we can just do the best that we can and understand that that's what we're doing, make that choice. It's important.
0: Right. Right. Well, I think that's a fantastic place for us to end this discussion. What do you think, Sue? I
1: think it's, yeah, I think this is good and I'm going to go do some homework.
0: Yeah, I think I have some homework every single day from from this point forward.
1: I know. I'm definitely going to look up that police song, "Spirits in the Material World." Please,
0: you can bring it back. You bring it back to our next uh, podcast, please.
1: Okay. I definitely will. Thank you. Awesome.
0: Thank <laughs> you, Sue.
1: All right. Bye bye.
0: Take care. Bye bye. Thank you so much for listening today. It's, it's always a pleasure talking with my friend and colleague, Sue and today we talked about the very soul-searching topic of meaning and purpose and, and legacy. And in the future, if you could please give us a five-star rating on iTunes or, or share our podcast on Spotify, that would be great. And if there's any topics you'd like us to discuss in the future, please let us know. I look forward, as always, to you joining us on future podcasts. And thanks again for being with us today.